Bonnie Ellis, and this is the Exceptional Admins Podcast, where I invite admins, executives, and influencers to come together in an intimate setting. The world for administrative professionals doesn't just involve basic tasks. It includes an array of requests, challenges, and triumphs. During each episode, you'll be a witness to candid conversations and hear and join in on many, many laughs. And for those that know me, it wouldn't be complete without thought-provoking moments. The distinguished guests sharing time with us during each episode believe in the admin profession and have much to contribute to the greater good of executives, their admins, and organizations. Now, let's get to today's topic. That sound, that sound is universal. It speaks to adventure ahead, and for many executives, it speaks to another business trip. I want to introduce everyone to an amazing resource. Tafari Travel. Tafari Travel is a national brand offering corporate and personal support to individuals looking to delegate specific responsibilities associated with travel. Travel being a personal vacation, travel being a corporate trip, or travel being a lot of people are coming into town for a retreat or a board meeting. I was happy to learn that a lot of their clients are corporate accounts and a lot of the people they interact with are executive assistants. Having been one myself, I took to the internet to research a trip that they quoted for me to actually learn they were going to offer me something better. And it was so rewarding to know that this agency is not commission-based. They're strictly based on salary, knowing that everyone is for the greater good of the objective, not themselves. And the best thing is that they're all expert travelers, able to call and reach out to people across the globe, so that best restaurant you should be at. I introduced Tafari Travel to you to help you find a resource to buy back time. And yes, I know, a lot of us love to book travel, and it is super fun, but why not have an option? So consider them today, Tafari Travel, as your extension, so you can buy back time. Mm-hmm. And what another way of phrasing that is fear is going to happen, but it's what you do with it that's going to have the impact. Mm-hmm. And so for me, welcome everyone. Pull up a chair, buckle your seatbelt, or finish tying your shoes as you get ready to take in this next exceptional admins episode. I'm very excited to have my guest today. I've been um, stalking her a little bit on LinkedIn and I've been following her and really enjoying all of her content. And I have today with me, Kelly Edwards. She's coming in from Utah. As you guys know, I'm here in Denver and she's put together some really amazing questions and a lot of different things. I actually don't even know what I'm going to call this episode yet. It's probably going to happen organically while we have our discussion. So that's kind of um, exciting. And Kelly, thank you for joining me. I reached out to you and you were intrigued. And then we've been spending some time trying to book this time. So I'm glad it's finally here. Thank you for spending some time today with me and my listeners and sharing uh, your wisdom. Oh, it is my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited. So it's always great. I believe that admins have just such beautiful independent journeys that we all get to sort of weave in and out of when they tell their story. And my first question is, you know, give us a little bit of your background that arrives, that puts you where you are today. I would be happy to. Um, so I, I feel like I usually start some of my stories with um, a grounding. 
And my grounding is I am a twin. I have a twin sister. Love it. And she and I are um, each other's biggest fans uh, and biggest supporters. Mm-hmm. And growing up, um, we were both very, you know, school came easily to us and studying. And I think part of that was because we had a healthy competitive nature with each other. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was, oh, I want to make her proud. Um, it wasn't a competitive, like, I got to do better than my sister. It was, <laughs> look at how great she's doing. And, and she's going to give me just as much praise. And mm. so um, that I've been fortunate to have throughout my whole life. And it influenced me in my career. Um, mm. I uh, went to, I'm from the Pacific Northwest. And I grew up in a little town called Shoreline, which is north of Seattle. And it's on the Puget Sound. And then my sister and I both went to college in a town called Bellingham, which is north by the Canadian border. Mm -hmm. And my first quarter of school, I really struggled. It was a, it was a change being away from home, Mm. a new, you know, that whole freedom. Sure. And my sister kind of helped ground me and, and remind me of what it was that inspired me to even start school. Yeah. And so from that, I really tried to focus on what am I passionate about? And through that evaluation, I realized, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what, I have a lot of different passions, Yeah. but I know that I love um, just the business administration um, effort and and the concept there. And so mm-hmm. that's what I got my, my bachelor's degree in. And was fortunate that right out of college, about a month after I graduated, I was offered a role at an amazing company. And so they were a manufacturing company, a smaller corporate office, about 80 to 100 people or so. Um, and then most of our additional employees, the headcount came from the manufacturing plant. Mm-hmm. And what I started out was an administrative assistant. And that was mm-hmm. where that generic, I'm trying to figure out what it is that I want. Right. And luckily for me, the first leader I worked with became my mentor and has been and um, still is and has taught me so many wonderful lessons about mm-hmm. myself as well as my career. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that he taught me was if you are, if you're comfortable, you're not learning. Mm. And to me, that really stood out because he could tell that I was comfortable being comfortable and mm-hmm. that I had potential to do so much more. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I had been waiting for permission, somebody to say, you're good at this. You should keep going. One and of my favorite words, permission. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what he helped me realize, um, and my mentors throughout my whole life, I feel like are continually trying to help remind me, I don't need permission. I Mm. can, it's okay to put myself and my needs um, as a priority. Mm -hmm. So I started as an administrative assistant and Mm -hmm. then um, this was 2009. So we were just starting to feel the impact um, of the recession. Yeah. And the, uh, we had, unfortunately, a few layoffs. Um, I was not one of them, That's but the, the EEA of the, the executive assistant of the president and CEO was. 
So I began helping and supporting the CEO and about three months later, he said, uh, okay, I I would like Kelly now. Can can we, (laughs) can we make, can we transition? That's the best. Yeah. He and I began working very closely together and that is where I flourished was partnering with an executive supporting and understanding and getting into the context of the business. Mm-hmm. And he opened that door for me with open arms. Mm-hmm. So he let me sit in and participate and ask questions. And I, I very soon became the, the business partner for the C-suite. And so uh, I was fortunate and I was able to do a lot of event planning, which allowed me to travel mm. international and domestic, um, a project manager, and then the executive assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, I also became the administrative services manager. So I led the rest of our uh, administrative team. Nice. Um, after about seven years, I sat down with my husband and I said, I think. I am ready to try something different mm-hmm. and not so much career-wise, but life-wise. And mm. we had just had our, our daughter. She's now eight. Love it. And he is from Utah. And so we had been traveling back and forth to visit his family. And each trip, I wanted to stay longer and longer. I loved ah, it. Yeah. So we decided to make that move. So we moved about seven years ago. Uh, to Utah and was fortunate enough. I I hopped online and I think I Googled like, what's a great place to work in Utah? (laughs) And DHG Healthcare is where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. And they had made the Forbes list of top 100 places to work. And um, was fortunate that they were hiring for an executive assistant. Oh my goodness. That's so great when the stars align. It was really great. I, um, so learning and education is, is something I will continuously do. I don't know if you've done strengths finders or not, but I'm a learner. That's my number one strength. Mm-hmm. And so part of the reason we moved was I was going to go back to core administrative uh, or executive assistant work mm-hmm. and go for my MBA. Mm-hmm. And then, what you're doing now today. I'm doing yep. now, mm-hmm. right. So uh, a month after we moved, I found out I was pregnant with my son. Okay. And that put school on hold. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah. I was okay with that. Right. So um, I've been with CHG for almost six years now and have been fortunate enough. I've been supporting the same executive the entire time. Mm. And she has progressed from uh, VP of marketing to our chief um digital officer and then chief strategy officer. And she's now our chief sales officer. And then I support a few other executives in the C-suite as well. Mm-hmm. But she's been an amazing mentor as well as the first female um, executive that I was able to collaborate with. Yeah. And so there was a lot of amazing um, encouragement and support and understanding there. And so that's what brings me here today. Oh, how beautiful. In all of that, uh, I'm sure you fell down a few times and got back up. (laughs) So while the story you shared, the journey was very, very pleasant. Um, You know, those times where you did fall, you know, scratched your knee, rubbed some dirt in it and got back up. You know, what would be some advice you would give your younger self, um, whether at the beginning of your career, that transition from a whole new 
familiar state uh, on that uh, Pacific Northwest and then moving to Utah, what would be some wisdom you would have shared with yourself in hindsight? So in hindsight, um, I actually, when I feel myself feeling that way, mm. I remind myself of that first mentor. And he said, if you're uncomfortable, you're not learning. Mm-hmm. And what another way of phrasing that is fear is going to happen, but it's what you do with it. That's going to have the impact. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the idea of leaving this amazing company where I had a great working relationship, but also had made a lot of friendships. And then my family, my family is all in Washington still. Mm. And so it was a hard kind of internal, what do I want? And it was the matter of reminding myself to listen to my gut instead of trying to please everyone else. Cause I am a people pleaser by nature. Yes. Everyone's so, smiling and nodding yeah. at him right now because <laughs> yeah. it is a good thing we should be proud of, but it is also something that can get us in trouble and other things like that. Yeah. yeah right, and exactly. I can be found saying uh, regularly, you know, we can't be all things yes. for all people. And, you know, that's a whole episode in itself. I might right. make a, a PS episode for that and kind of unpack it and find uh, ways for people to sort of connect to different pieces of it because it's not just black and white. It's not just like, here's what you do to change that. And I appreciate that. And I think, I don't think I've had a guest yet that's spoken so highly of mentorship from their bosses. And so I think that's really neat that you've had that. And some of those listening may be saying, I don't have that. And while that's a great topic, sometimes that just has to happen organically. And a lot of people um, also um, misidentify mentorship as therapy. And that's not the case. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So go ahead, please. um, I do agree. That is something that I have noticed throughout the industry and is something that I continuously try to see if there's change there. One of, you know, being on this podcast, hopefully others listening um, are able to hear that the career path that you want is within your own control mm-hmm. and the partnership with an executive. Uh, and, and this might be, uh, this is a little ris- risky to say, but yeah, if you don't feel that with your executive, this may not be the right company for you. It's a good point. An executive that is going to value you and appreciate you and what you can contribute Mm -hmm. will also help escalate and develop you and Mm -hmm. help you grow and learn throughout that process. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's in for them, it's a little selfish because the better you get for them, the easier their day gets. Absolutely. I say that all the time. I'm like, listen, the the quicker you invest in them, energy, attitude, um, affirmation, uh, you get to benefit from all of that. I have an episode that is a brief episode, which is PS, which actually stands for permission slip. And it's titled WTF, and it's not what you think. And it goes very nicely with what you just said, which for those out there, you know, how many more signs do I need before I actually take a step to move myself as a professional to a healthier, more dynamic and energizing role? So you guys can go listen to that PS episode WTF. In your journey, you know, and I think this is a common piece of our cloth of being an administrative individual, you know, we're always to your point in strength finders being a learner. I actually haven't taken it. 
I think I'm going to have Leanne and I take it uh, before the year is over so we can kind of just understand. We're very big into Myers-Briggs and um, a couple other things too, Enneagram as well. One of the things we're always always looking for is, you know, capitalizing on every minute that passes. I say it's the only thing, to your point just a moment ago, you are actually in control. It's the only thing we can't control, right? That clock just keeps ticking. And the joke I make often is that we all can be found saying, oh, there's not enough time or, you know, the day flew by and I didn't get a lot done. If you actually sat and audited the duration and feeling of one minute by doing a one minute plank, it feels like forever. Yeah. It feels like forever. And so one of the things you brought up, which was beautiful for kind of looking into how to spend our time together for you to bring your, you know, journey as an administrative individual to this discussion, you talked about time management. And then you also brought up, you know, the value of seven habits and how that has been a part of your journey of building your brand, which has awarded you this advancement to where you are now doing a variety of strategic things, not just that tactical you would have done at the beginning of your career. Tell us, you know, what advice you have for the listeners, you know, who are thinking about time management, um, you know, feeling like they aren't accountable for their work. And just kind of really diving into that first question on time management, struggling and owning time versus time owning you. You bet. Yeah. So one of the reasons I love this, this concept and the kind of steps that I've put in place that I've learned and kind of evolved over time is we will all face this at some point. Um, and For me, what has worked is being able to network with peers. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of my career, I did not have anyone to turn to. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the time management and um, prioritizing my work, and that actually was a little few. Mm. until I went to a course that was on Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. Mm-hmm. And through that course, it really taught me to refocus and it helped me to put some great structures in place. But as I look back, that had, it wasn't, you know, Stephen Covey's been in, around for 20, 30, however many 40 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't brand new. It was just new to me. And had I had formed a network, I likely would have, I could have been able to ask for support or best practices sooner. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the things I love to do now. And I encourage anyone to do now is if you're starting out in this career, even if you're not starting out, even if you're seasoned, um, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years or so, Mm -hmm. use your network, ask for help, ask for advice, and, and share with others too, because the, the value of learning from each other and you just don't have to reinvent the wheel again. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also, you know, those in our profession, especially if you're working in an office of one executive assistant mm-hmm. or, or administrative professional role, it can feel a little lonely. And so the what island. I've learned yeah. is the outside organizations and, and programs such as, um, you know, this podcast and things are great at helping you feel connected, even if you can't be there face-to-face. Yeah, yeah. One of the neat questions that you have here is, you know, how do you make time for the work 
that you want to do. And that's touched on briefly in that other episode, WTF. It's like, don't be reactive, you know, don't start applying, you know, when you've only just barely blown dust off your resume from the last time you used it, really have a strategy because then from that mindset perspective, which mindset comes up on every episode I record. um, And it's not to say that I am perfect and have straight mindset all day long. I don't. Um, but it's a matter of, I've got to keep thinking about what's going on, what's involved, you know, the what ifs, not just the why, and you know, how to do what you want to do. And sometimes we can get to the island, right? Feeling alone, like I'm doing so much I don't like to do, but are the bad things standing out? And you're actually doing things you do like to, but because it's so natural and you enjoy it, you override looking for that. Um, any thoughts on that? You know, how can I be more strategic? Yes, definitely. So, um, so there, you know, the, the tactical is always going to be present and the strategic can be the same. If you, if you allocate your time correctly Mm -hmm. and if you make it a priority for you, because there are individuals where they want the day-to-day, the tactical, that's what gets them going. That revs their engine and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And for me, that that isn't as much the case. I, I need that strategic, I need that long-term vision and the getting kind of into the planning of where is this business going? How are we doing? And what's the reason, what's our purpose? Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that I learned from the seven habits um, and real quick, if listeners haven't um, read or, or seen or heard of this before. So you've got, the first one is be proactive, which is all about taking charge and assuming responsibility. And what you do there is you reflect on what is within your control and what is without, or mm. what is outside of your control. Oh, that's a big and one. That's yeah, a big so one. coming to terms to, with that is a great place to start. What can I control and what can I not control? And really look into that. Can, is, is, are those in the right columns? Because you may be saying it is within your control, but maybe it's not and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And the number two is begin with the end in mind. So have a, a vision for the future and um, having goals are important, but making those roadmaps to help keep you focused on achieving them, that's part of that, that um, begin with the end in mind. Love it. And then put things, uh, put first things first would be number three. And so that's focusing. I want to unpack that because I read that and I was like, hmm, what does that mean? So you said put first things first. Give us the, give us the the piece to that. That one is where I, so put first things first is I live in this now. It is a part of my day day life. And mm-hmm. what it is, is focusing on the work that is important and the work that is urgent. Mm. And so the outcome of this is a, there's a few different names for it, but there's like the time management matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a grid. And what you do is on your horizontal access, you're going to have what is, um, urgent, mm-hmm. low urgency and high urgency. Mm-hmm. And then your vertical is going to be importance, low importance mm-hmm. and high importance. Nice. And then yeah. you start 
fracking. So I've applied this into to my work when I am feeling like I can feel that I'm not aligned with where I want to be. And I need to do that roadmap to say, how am I going to get to, how am I going to get back on track? And this helps. And so what I do is I write down all the tasks that you're doing and you start to group them into one of those four quadrants. Is this low importancy, but high urgency? Well, that's a fire. And, you know, we get a lot of those. We get a lot of this has to happen now. Yeah. But you do sometimes have to take the time to say, it feels that way to you, but in the grand scheme, I want to make the word now a curse word. And there's a curse jar at the office called the now jar. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I need this now. It's five bucks every time. Yeah. So, so what you do is you begin putting your work into those categories. Love it. And you also then try to assess. So let's say you've got 70% of your time is spent putting out fires Mm -hmm. and that's not where you think your level of expertise should be, or it's the best utilization of your time. Mm-hmm. So you likely want more um, of your high importance, whether it's urgent or not urgent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I encourage others to do is get that current state and then map out what is the desired state and take that to your leader. And, mm-hmm. and say, listen, here's the work that I'm doing today. And here's where I think I can be beneficial to you. And here's mm-hmm. where I think I, I envision you and I being able to collaborate better, to execute faster, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. And get their buy-in. It's really hard for somebody if you don't have, if you put a piece of paper in front of them with data backing, here's where my time is spent and here's where I want to be. It's hard to ignore that. And it is it's also very showing, good point. yeah, it's also showing that you are invested in yourself, mm-hmm. which you should be, and mm-hmm. your executive um, or leader should be as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've done this a few times in my career. That's when I became, when I stepped from being a senior executive assistant to the administrative services manager, I mm-hmm. sat down with my leader and said, my capacity is now two and a half people. I'm sorry, not my capacity. My workload is now two and a half people worth Mm -hmm. of capacity. Mm -hmm. So here's a proposal and what I suggest we, we do. And one would be bringing on someone to take care of all of those routine where you, those things have to get done, but it's not necessarily a lot of experience that's required Mm -hmm. and somebody that you can easily train. Yeah. And so let's have them take on those type of tasks. Yeah. And then you'll have me that will open up X many hours of your work week for me to focus on these strategic things with you or mm-hmm. to run this project or, um, you know, what, what have you, uh, whatever it is that desires you. And so because you are taking that process into your own hands, you mm-hmm. can also influence the work that you are going to do. You can yeah. present the work that you want mm-hmm. and they will see, and you'll be able to connect it to why that's important for yourself, why it's important for the company and why it's Mm -hmm. important for your team. Mm -hmm. And then there is, you know, after that, which all of that was beautiful. I made a ton of notes and it's funny. I was smiling and laughing while you were talking because I used a little bit of that first 
things first philosophy. There's an admin who's been in her role for two weeks. We did a catch up call. How's it going? And she was very open, which is an honor when they, you know, become familiar with me and comfortable as well as they know I'm there to help them. So the more vulnerable they are, the more helpful I can be. She's like, I'm getting a little insecure on how to run a one-on-one meeting. It's so new, but I need that meeting. And I also feel like I'm very tactical. And I always tell admins, when you start any new role, it's just straight up tactical, right? You're at the conveyor belt, just take everything, you know, try to pause when you can, you know, the next thing you have here is, you know, think win-win, seek first to understand. A lot of us get lost in the urgency, right? When I was just mentioning the word now and a matter of not knowing how does this impact the business? Our executive is important, but the executive's work is impacting business goals. Once we start to know what those things are, we can connect those dots. Um, You have here something um, because everything you've just mentioned is in, in the state of being proactive. And I'm a big fan of proactive. There were many years which were slightly associated with my people pleasing, mm-hmm. where I was very reactive, although I say I'm a recovering people pleaser. But when I see that pop up about myself, I kind of check it a little bit and find out if that moment really calls for that people pleasing. Reactive people focus their effort in the circle of concern. Mm-hmm. I was so um, touched by that sentence because it is a thing that so many of uh, administrative individuals run into, like literally run into the wall of that concern and then doubt shows up and then lack of execution shows up and it's just a really bad ripple. And so when you wrote that, um, tell me a little bit how that applies to an admin and this may take too long. So I'm kind of like choosing my words wisely. You know, when you think about circle of concern, is that the feedback loop that doesn't produce, you know, positive outcome? What just um, share a little bit about that? Sure, you bet. So, um, circle of concern. So, okay, great example. We all lived through a pandemic, right? And it was a year filled with constant change Mm -hmm. and uncertainty Mm -hmm. and fear in some cases and relief in other cases you had across the globe um people readjusting their lives Mm -hmm. and so many of the conversations that I had during the heart of this with other coworkers or peers or, or people that I actually mentor and coach mm-hmm. was, I can't control this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm so unhappy mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do about it. And to me, those all relate around the circle of concern. There are things that we need to respect, mm-hmm. acknowledge, Mm. Um, take, you know, take the appropriate time to feel your response, whether it's elated or scared or whatnot. Yeah. And then say, okay, now what, what can I do with this? Because in some cases you can't do anything. You have to be able to say to yourself, this is awful and it is what it is. And it will pass. And what can I control for myself? And mm. so, um, 
one of my things, I even felt that way. So one of the things that I could control was I wanted to go back to school. And so I used the time to be at home to say, okay, this is, um, I'm, this is when I'm going to do it. And so I enrolled into school and I'm now pursuing my master's. Part of me is like, what was I thinking? Because (laughs) I'm a mother of two and I work full time and now I'm in school. But it was something that reassured me and helped ground me. And for me, that was being proactive. I'm missing something. I was missing that the work atmosphere Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. office, the um, plethora of things. And so the circle of concern is going to always be there mm-hmm. and it's not to say that that's a bad thing it's mm-hmm. it, but they are all things that we will react to mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the circle of influence is around being proactive yeah. and things that you can influence influence yeah. Um, yeah yeah so not necessarily control because some things will still always be without but you, there are ways that you can take a handle of it and influence where you are going to be or what part you will play. And that's so powerful. And the work that I do every day as a specialized headhunter, you know, seeking talent, working with executives, CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, I say essentially in the very first live call, I work very hard. And I hustle for every client uh, at any time. I can have up to six clients at one point in different different phases. But I say, as much as I want to work hard, I am at the mercy of the talent market. Right. I'm at the mercy of human beings who change their mind, who have emotions, who have revelations sometimes in the midst of working with me. And that's great because we're really looking for that uh, job, career, and life satisfaction when we find employment. And that's, sh- sh- I believe that's how it should be. And so using the word mercy, you know, we're at the mercy of something out of our control, the pandemic. Um, and it's definitely something, you know, we're recording this here at the end of June of 2021. When this comes out, we even have more months of evolution with everything going on. And you you said something really beautiful, and I'll use this word in connection with mercy, just having that awareness. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, let's say a lot, meaning 20 who I've interacted with just here in the first six months of this year, who know their triggers when they're starting to self-doubt or losing faith in their ability, which, you know, takes us to the next great thing, which circles to the very top question on that time. And um, one of the theme words that came through in a lot of the stuff that you wrote up before we recorded I am a huge uh, person now saying no longer talk about time, talk about energy. I tell my admins, tell your executive, where's your energy going? When we look at the calendar, it's not where are you spending your time? It's, you know, how many video meetings do you have today? Are you actually getting in the car again to drive somewhere? And are we going to throw a quick call during that car, right? Like where's the energy being exuded? And that goes with both reactive and proactive and, um, I saw a meme somewhere on Instagram in the last week or so. Um, no one ever gets excited to hang out with someone who's negative. No one ever gets excited oh. to go hang out with someone who's negative. Yeah. 
And it is very easy to be negative. It is very easy to be in that self-doubt. But some of the people I talk to also who are stuck in their career, I'm like, it kind of sounds like a mindset shift you need. And they're like, I know. I'm like, but what are you doing about it? And so you have something neat here in this next part, you know, the urgent important matrix. And it kind of goes to what you were speaking to with the quadrants. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of our closing thing here. So let's talk just for a moment about that urgent important matrix and the wisdom you have and know on that. Yeah. So, um, so like I have said slightly before is your, your tracking, is this urgent and is this important? And, and here's why to kind of summarize, you're trying to figure out where the value add is mm-hmm. because there are the non-value add and if you can identify for yourself and that's what I do recommend what is the value add for yourself but then what is the value add for the the work that you're doing is it impacting the business and so asking yourself that and assessing that is a great conversation to have especially for anyone that is at that point of, I have reached capacity mm. and I cannot, I know I cannot take on anymore. Something's mm-hmm. got to give. Mm-hmm. So you can ask yourself, is this urgent? Is this important? Am I, is this a value add? And if it's not, why? Why am I doing it? Why is this needed? Is this something that needs to be streamlined? Is, the, is it, you know, process heavy and inefficient, mm-hmm. maybe I can re, you know, revisit this process and that will save me an hour or whatnot. God, wouldn't that be great? And, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, can this be delegated? If mm-hmm. so, who is going, who's the right person to be doing mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And then should we even be doing this at all? I, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard a response of, well, this is, um, this is just how we do it. This oh, is how we've that's done that. the death of a lot. It is a huge red flag because just because that's how we've always done it doesn't mean that's how it should be done today. And so regularly ask yourself that, but Mm -hmm. ask it verbally out loud Mm -hmm. because there's something about that verbal action Mm -hmm. that will make it a little more, more real. And especially if you're also able to ask that to other people, Right. Is this value add? Why? What is the, what is the intent and the purpose here? So the, um, the kind of low urgency and the low important grouped items, those are going to be more of what I call your routine tasks. Right. They need to happen. They do have an impact, but usually, you know, it's, it's not time sensitive or time committed, mm-hmm. meaning it has to be done right now. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of schedule that out. And those are going to be your routines, the, the calendars and the travel arrangements. Those and secretarial things. Yeah, right. Yes. It's tactical. They're likely yes. going to be the more tactical. Yeah. The um, high urgency, low importance, those are going to be the fires. So they are, somebody wants this and they want it now. And you have to kind of assess for them, is this important or not? We know it's urgent but is it important or not? And if it's Mm -hmm. not, how can you have that conversation with them on re, you know, kind of directing the timing that's needed. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also view fires are really great tasks 
to delegate. That was mm-hmm. one of the things I did. Let's bring in someone, let's bring in another administrative assistant, somebody that's more entry level and hungry to learn. And we can hand all of these over to this person and it's going to get them being helpful and mm-hmm. useful mm-hmm. and open up my time. Yeah. Um, the high, the high importance, low urgency items are mm-hmm. what I like to call like your projects. Those are yeah. time, um, there's a start and a finish basically, but right. it's not this week, mm-hmm. but the impact that you will have is outstanding. And this is where I also view that you get to kind of stretch yourself mm. and try new things and get creative, um, and see what you kind of, what you can build out of the work and the tasks in this quadrant. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the high urgency and the high importance. And so these are the things that are going to be the high priority, as well as where I think the expertise comes in. Mm-hmm. The, um, the being able to organize the, the understanding of the business, the tasks that are going to come into that area are where I think you're going to find everything is likely value add. And yeah. For me, those are what I kind of consider like my priority one type of um, mm-hmm. end of the day. If I can get progress made on these, then it's a win. It's a win. And some of the times admins are not familiar with the work that they're doing. Okay, the secretarial stuff, yes, has high impact, but because so many of us become masters at it, we don't kind of see that impact even though that calendar appointment for that last meeting for the merger and acquisition and all of the details that you had to be involved in from where the location, papers, materials, marketing, and just all of that involvement, you had an impact on that happening and making that happen seamlessly. Um, If we don't really know the depth of what's going on for the business goals, we're still at a distance from how we actually can make a more strategic impact. And so I I have another episode that's coming out soon um, that talks about how to insert yourself. And a lot of the times it's through budget meetings. Once you sort of know where money's going and have a a voice within that discussion, you kind of start to understand, you know, how the business moves, giving you a chance to have that strategic impact. And then uh, you mentioned something, right? When you're looking at how your time and energy are being spent. I often say, you know, when you get to that one year anniversary, you should be identifying your job description and you should be creating it into a compartmentalized way where there's categories, you know, culture impact, you know, project impact, executive impact, and maybe two other categories, right? Because we're such a Swiss army knife. And then when you've highlighted everything you do, and then maybe in a separate color, the things that should go to a junior self, um, you can solidify that and and executives and HR, they love to see, you know, um, the write up, right, we can talk and spit words all day long, but the write up really is that third party communicator. So I love that. That's Um, great. I love that. Yeah, uh, I've loved this whole discussion. And we've definitely touched on a lot of different things. And I can see many sort of spinning their wheels on how they can take everything that they've heard here. What would be just some closing remarks of inspiration and wisdom for the listeners? Um, I would say, um, just listen and look internally to what drives you mm-hmm. and motivates you. 
and find ways to incorporate that into your work. Mm -hmm. And as you are working on your time management um, or energy management, um, remember that the time for you is also a priority. So if, if you are working, you know, 50 hours a week and you know, I've had days where I, I've worked 10 hours and I come home and I'm immediately mom and then take care of the kids. And then by 10 o'clock I am exhausted and burned out and Mm -hmm. have done nothing for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that, that going remote during COVID taught me was I need a better work-life balance. Yeah. And I've been able to achieve that. And my energy is so much better. Mm. So I would say, listen to yourself. If, if you are feeling burned out, take a PTO day, take um, time, an hour to reflect, mm-hmm. try to find something that's going to root you again into mm. yourself because you'll be a better employee and you'll produce better work when I think you feel that connection. That is so true. I just shared in uh, communication on my distribution list, a pre-burnout meeting you should have with your executive. I'm forecasting a burnout coming in the next 30 days. How are we going to mitigate that or get through that? And I gave um, some inspiration on having that as a discussion topic during a one-on-one meeting. So because you've just said it, I'm going to share it here on this episode. And I'm going to add to what you said, because it's what I thought. You guys need to create a lifestyle management manifestation. Manifesto. That is so great. Yes. A lifestyle manifesto that says, you know, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? You know, we'll sit with a financial planner and say, what kind of retirement do you want? I don't think anyone's telling us we need to write a lifestyle um, roadmap Mm -hmm. on what we want. I take more baths now due to last year. I'm definitely eating lunch, you know, not in front of a screen by myself. Uh, especially here with beautiful summer weather on my back patio and oh, listening yeah. to the birds and watching the leaves blow in the wind and, and just seeing the sun and everything. So yeah, what a great ending thought. Cause we can never not hear that enough. Right. Um, although true. I think some of the ears of the listeners, it shuts out. Cause then yeah. it's like, Oh, I know, I know. And I'm like, no, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. Kelly, thank you so much for giving uh, us your wisdom and these great tools and tips and ideas that will definitely give the listeners something to work with as they move forward in their career. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy and I can't show my appreciation enough. Thanks, Kelly. I don't even know where to begin. We covered so much thought-provoking, laughter, and just great conversation. Remember, you're the reason you get up every day and work as hard as you do. Do things for you, your executive, and your organization. And remember, it's all worth it.